are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs. Today is Tuesday, December 29th, and we're calling an audible here on Locked On Dolphins. Tuesday is typically reserved for power to the pot, but... We're going to save that for a little later this week. There's a pretty pretty prominent conversation piece around the Miami Dolphins that I want to get into today, and I think it'll be a really good conversation to have early on in this process as the Dolphins you know, reach the end of the regular season. They're getting ready for the offseason, a critical offseason, as critical as last year was. It's kind of the same thing this year. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season has been different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi. Made for football watching. Uh, Of course, I'm talking about the aftermath of the Buffalo Bills layeth the smacketh down on the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football And what that has given the Dolphins, and what that has given the Dolphins, is the opportunity with a Houston Texans loss on Sunday. The Dolphins will be guaranteed to have the number three pick in the 2021 NFL Draft if the Texans lose to the Tennessee Titans. As a reminder, the Tennessee Titans are 10-5. and They are tied with the Indianapolis Colts, playing for their playoff lives, and there is a chance that the Tennessee Titans miss the postseason with a loss. So they're not going to be messing around playing the 4-11 and Houston Texans. And you've started to see this conversation piece kind of bubble up through uh, already this week. Should the Dolphins, with the number three overall pick, should they be considering taking a quarterback because of what we've seen thus far this season from Tua Tagovailoa and and. Very uh, ambitious question to be asking. But I wanted to spend some time today kind of providing my point of view and perspective and and hopefully providing some clarity and letting cooler heads prevail here as it pertains to the Dolphins quarterback situation. And I wouldn't rule out drafting a quarterback, just not at three. So with this pick looking like it is going to fall super high in the order, we're going to kind of go over some of the Dolphins options with this pick. Uh, we're going to go over exactly how I'd like to see the Dolphins uh, approach the quarterback position, and that that may include adding a quarterback through the draft, but not with the number three overall pick, not considering Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. If the Dolphins had the number one pick and Trevor Lawrence was on the table, then yes, uh, I, I think my perspective would absolutely be different because I think Trevor Lawrence is head and shoulders the best quarterback prospect that I've evaluated uh, since working full-time in the NFL draft industry back in 2013. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. Zach Wilson, his resume kind of mirrors that of a, I don't want to say Mitchell Trubisky because he was a, Zach Wilson is a multi-year starter at PYU. But as far as the leap that he's taken, it's definitely a one-year sample size of playing at first-round caliber play. That's scary. Now, I'm not investing, and I understand the argument to be made of, well, if you're the Dolphins, you're playing with house money with this pick, and you, you need to make sure you get quarterback right. 
But what you're not taking into account there when you say the Dolphins should take a quarterback at three, let the best man win, and then trade the loser, is there's an opportunity cost to make that move for the rest of your team. And the Dolphins have been very clear that this is a team-first approach. The Dolphins have been very clear that they are looking to win with all twenty, all, all 11 players in the field on all three units at all the same time. They, I don't get the impression that the Dolphins are ever really going to want to be that team that consistently throws the football 40-plus times a game and, quote-unquote, lets to a cook. I think there's opportunities and situations in which it makes sense to do that. But the Dolphins seem to have a much more uh, calculated approach to how they play the game of football in general. And it involves making possessions count and making turnovers count and being opportunistic in those areas and not just trying to score 50 points a game. And, you know, that, that may feel counterintuitive of why wouldn't you try and score as many points as possible. They want to score on every possession that they have. But as far as the philosophies and ideologies of the team, I don't get the impression that this is going to ever be like a five wide, rip it down the field, Bruce Arian style offense that is looking to push the ball with consistency 15 plus, 20 plus yards down the field, play after play after play after play. And there's no shame in that. But when you see Justin Herbert doing that for the Chargers and they're playing from behind all the time and he has to cut it loose and the, the Chargers don't have anything to lose because of their record this season and that's why you see Justin Herbert just continue to rip it and now he's starting to have some success with the, with fourth quarters. Dolphins fans are sitting here looking at it and they're saying, well, well, hey, what the heck? The Dolphins keep pulling Tua in close games. Well, that's because the Dolphins have something to lose. The Chargers don't. If the Dolphins were 6-8, and eight, Tua stays in that football game and he gets a chance to work through it. But by hypothetically drafting a quarterback at number three, which some people are suggesting the Dolphins need to consider, uh, you are effectively punting on a top five pick because what your return on investment for the loser of that quarterback situation, because you certainly wouldn't make that decision and then trade to a tongue of Aloha before the new rookie ever takes a snap. You'd let them battle it out and you would trade the loser of that battle. What is somebody going to trade you for your used goods? And I guarantee you it will not be anywhere close to the top five pick value that you have. So if you're the Dolphins, and hypothetically, Tua Tungvaloa long-term does not end up being the answer, the way that you address this is you've made the investment with a top five pick in Tua. You now need to build around him with the assets that you have to the best of your ability to complement his skill set. And when that happens, then the evaluation period begins. And if you do not like what you see at the end of the evaluation period, then that is when you pay extra to go get the next guy. You don't preemptively bypass and effectively punt on all this value when you're still trying to build an infrastructure to evaluate your quarterback in the first place. So I think this conversation of like, yeah, you know, there's this conversation of draft a quarterback every year until you know you have one. Uh, but the Dolphins are a player development based organization. They're not going to draft a guy with the top five pick with the accuracy that Tua Tagovailoa has, who played in you know, two very different styles of offense, and then the Dolphins are asking him to do uh, 
the impossible tightrope act of be a rookie and also protect the football and not have ball security issues because if you're going to do that, then we might as well just play Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Dolphins organization has had a lot of positive feedback regarding Tua Tagovailoa. Brian Flores talking about his mental fortitude and how mentally tough he is and how this isn't a problem. And uh, yeah, I could not be further against. You know, if if you have a g- elite generational talent at quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, if Trevor Lawrence falls to three, okay, then you have the conversation. But that ain't happening. He's going to Jacksonville, and the Dolphins aren't getting the number one pick. So, like, put the put the spend the first pick on a quarterback thing to bed. The NFL season comes to a close this weekend, and the playoff picture is becoming clear. And there's only one place that has you covered, and one place that we trust for all your betting action: BetOnline.ag. You could sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. The Dolphins are entering, they entered this week as plus four point underdogs. And a cool fact about the Dolphins this year they are the NFL's most profitable team against the spread. They are 11 and 4 against the spread coming into week 17. So if you're trying to get a little bit of extra chatter to ring in the new year, betonline.ag. Use promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus on top of your first initial deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget that promo code is locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports books experts. It's actually a really cool kind of nugget. The Miami Dolphins this season stand alone as the NFL's most profitable team against the spread. They are 11 and 4 this season against the spread, one game better than their Week 17 opponent, the Buffalo Bills. The Baltimore Ravens, Carolina Panthers, and Green Bay Packers are 9-6 against the spread. The Dolphins have persistently, in the Brian Flores era, uh, thrived in exceeding expectations for their football team uh, after the first horrendous month that they had in September of 2019, in which they were blown out of effectively every game that they played. But in the time that's passed since, the Dolphins routinely have outperformed the betting lines. So, knowing that the Dolphins are within, effectively, a field goal against the Buffalo Bills entering Week 17 as things currently stand, uh, you can be sure and rest assured that things are going to get very interesting with the Dolphins playing for their playoff lives in Buffalo. What the heck are we going to do with this pick? Assuming, assuming... The Texans lose. I'm sure we'll do this show today in, in lieu of power to the pod and pushing it off because I think it, thought it was important to talk about the quarterback situation and and how the noise out there is going to try to compare apples to oranges with different quarterbacks in different situations and how they're going to try to sell like, oh, go find a guy that you can trust to throw the ball 40 times a game. The Dolphins don't want to do that. They don't want that kind of quarterback. Tua Tungvaloa, five years from now, could be that quarterback, and they'll evolve their offense as you get there. But who he is now is the form of a player, with the mentality of a player, that they want in the position. Brian Flores literally said ball security is the number one trait for a quarterback. Well, Tua's got two interceptions in seven starts, eight starts. So far, so good. And when the chips are down and two is getting battered around a little bit, we'll make the call to the bullpen. We'll bring in uh, Wild Thing, Ryan Fitzpatrick, to close it out. It's an open and shut case for anybody who follows the team. 
But that does propose this issue with the number three overall pick, assuming that's where the Dolphins finish, in that you're effectively going to have your choice of any non-quarterback in the 2021 NFL Draft. Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase, Micah Parsons, tradeback options, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Quiddy Pay from Michigan. Excuse me, my my draft analyst background and, and hat is on right now. Uh, I've already seen the Dolphins fans on Twitter marry themselves to a single outcome. It's Penne, Sewell, or Bust at this point in time. I would caution against uh, Penne, Sewell, or Bust. And it has nothing to do with the merits of Penny Sewell as an offensive line prospect. He's tremendous. He's very, very good. And we say on this podcast, just like I say on the Draft Dudes podcast that I do with Joe Marino, the host of Locked On Bills, who will be doing a crossover show with later this week, you don't let a good player prevent you from drafting a great player. So with that in mind, if that was the decision that the Dolphins chose hypothetically to make, and this is extremely early in this process, a lot's going to change. But if the Dolphins elected to go with Penny Sewell with the number three overall pick, I would not be mad. I'd be excited. You, know, you ask the question, okay, is Austin Jackson going to move to right tackle and Robert Hunt move inside? Are we just bumping Austin Jackson out of the lineup? What does that look like? We'll figure that out because at the end of the day, the offensive line, and that this is actually where I have some resistance to the idea of Penny Sewell is it's all about finding the best combination of five players. And the Dolphins offensive line this year is better than the Dolphins offensive line that it had with a better player at left tackle in Laramie Tunsil. And you extrapolate that and you say, okay, what could we hypothetically get if, say, Trevor Lawrence goes one, and the New York Jets stay put at two and draft either Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, and QB3 is on the board at the number three overall pick. What could the Dolphins hypothetically get if Zach Wilson's on the board for San Francisco who picks 14? You'd get more for that deal if San Francisco was all in to do it. Just a hypothetical team but I really like the fit of Zach Wilson to the San Francisco 49ers, you would get more from that team than what you got from Laramie Tunsil, and it would not even be close. So is it worth doubling down on left tackle, never mind the fact that you drafted three rookies last year and one interior offensive lineman the year before that who looked well enough in his brief appearance in 2019 and 2020 in Michael Dieter, this collective group of five is better than it was with a stud left tackle in Laramie Tunsil. And you could say, okay, well, now let's take this collective group and put a stud left tackle in Penny Sewell in with it, and now we're really cooking with gas. And you're not wrong. But at the same time, what would another three years of having two ones, two twos, and potentially two threes do? Because that's you would be talking about if San Francisco traded up from the teens to number three, to draft Zach Wilson in a hypothetical, you would get the Jared Goff deal when the Rams came up in 2016 
from 16 to 1. And that deal was two ones, two twos, and two threes. We here at the Locked On Network have been big time proponents of the Built brand, and Built's newest product, Built Go, just ups the ante even more. It's a workout gel that's built to help you break through your mental or physical wall each and every day. It's easy to take. It comes in a one and a half ounce package. You put it in your back pocket, in your golf bag, in your briefcase, in your glove compartment, wherever. And it's always ready to go when you are. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. It's like drinking a monster with a third of the caffeine and better results. It comes in three delicious flavors. My personal favorite is chocolate mint, but there's also peanut butter honey and chocolate coconut. Bilko combines energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast absorbing, and it gets into your system fast, and it's easier on your stomach. It's loaded with the good stuff to ignite your system, beta alanine, B3, honey, caffeine, and it's built to kick all day long with B6 and B12. So visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. So you take the draft class that they had last year. You take the draft class that the Dolphins have this year in which they already have two ones and two twos. And now you're extending that for another year. And... You're still picking at 14, which is a really sweet spot case to land one of these Alabama wide receivers and address the most pressing issue on your roster. And then you get an extra second round pick that's in the middle of the round that could be invested in either center Josh Myers from Ohio State or guard Trey Smith from Tennessee, who could step into the Eric Flowers role long term. Or Creed Humphrey, if you wanted to use an early two. Or Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, who played left guard next to Austin Jackson and has since kicked outside and taken Austin Jackson's spot on the offensive line and played better this year for the Trojans than what Austin Jackson did in 2019. So you're getting another year of this massive surplus. You have no shortage of offensive line investment opportunities in the first round because you'd still have two ones. In the second round, you'd hypothetically get three twos, and you would have future draft capital of two ones and two twos for the following year. That outcome, to me, is more attractive than just adding Penny Sewell and assuming that the offensive line issues are going to be fixed, because this is a really deep offensive line class. It's a deep wide receiver class as well. But I don't think you're going to see the demand for Devonta Smith in the top eight picks which is where, you know, Miami picking a three, that wouldn't really make a bunch of sense to jump the gun that early. Jamar Chase will probably be drafted ahead of him. If Devonta Smith shows up at the combine and he weighs 192 and he runs 4-4-3, then yeah, he's going to be a top 10 pick and the Dolphins have to audible, which is why I don't think they'll make any decisions, you know, in the immediate aftermath of the season. But that's the, there's, there's always an opportunity cost. And the opportunity cost of the Dolphins doubling down on quarterback in consecutive years makes zero sense for the Dolphins to do. Because now you've got two top five picks, you're guaranteed you're going to be taking a massive net loss in one of them because you have to wait until the end of the season to make that move. The 2021 season to make that move. Say it's Tua. Say you draft Zach Wilson and you draft Tua. And he sits on the bench for a year. 
You think anybody's going to offer you anywhere near the value of a top five pick? Even if you feel good that, yeah, we got our quarterback and it's not Tua? No, especially when you're trying to build an infrastructure around Tua so that you can properly develop him and maximize his skill set. That opportunity cost makes zero sense for the Dolphins to do, would not advocate it at all. If Miami lands pick number three, then the opportunity cost becomes Penny Sewell versus a effectively tier two offensive lineman in a very deep class in which I'd still feel very good about a lot of tier two offensive linemen. And potentially another Laramie Tunsil-sized deal. And the Dolphins have already turned away from the elite offensive tackle once in favor of value once before. Could they do it again? Should they do it again? I think they should at this point in time. That being said, again, it's we went through this in the draft process last year with the quarterbacks. Not marrying yourself to a single outcome, I think will really help Dolphins fans to enjoy this draft process and enjoy all of the possibilities. But the the Dolphins mantra as a team, building a team to this point in time has been all about long-term flexibility. How do you maximize your flexibility? You are gift-wrapped. Taking the Laramie Tunsil deal and the last big piece of that gives you the opportunity, potentially, to double down and double dip and get another trade package of that size or greater. What greater long-term flexibility could you have? And it puts you into a more favorable spot to draft a wide receiver than at three overall. To me, that makes the most sense, especially when you consider how much the offensive line had invested in it, not just addressed, but invested in it last year. There will be no shortage of opinions. I look forward to hearing them all from you. I know Power to the Pod was scheduled for today, uh, but with the Bills kind of locking this in and like, this is going to happen if the Texans lose. I thought it was important to, to spend a little bit of time today and kind of set that primer and expectation because, yes, we are sitting here at 10-5, and 5, potentially staring an 11-win season in the face. The Dolphins could be 11-5 and 5 and own the number three pick in the 2021 NFL Draft if you had any questions about the job that Brian Flores and Chris Greer are doing in building this football team. What a time to be alive. The work is not done. Of course, there is one more week left to play. And even if it falls flat and the Dolphins have the ninth pick and are 10 and 6 and, heaven forbid, miss the playoffs, are we still not going to a 10 win? We doubled our win total from last year. And we're going to have a top 10 pick because of the Tunsil deal. The Dolphins are in great hands. And how they choose to attack this offseason is something we're going to spend a lot of time speculating on throughout the months of January and February until free agency rolls around. And then we'll kind of get our heads around, okay, what boxes are they checking? Okay, now we can really start to focus in on the draft. The rest of this week, uh, we will be power to the pod tomorrow. We have Locked On Bills crossover on Thursday and then a How to Defeat the Buffalo Bills show on Friday. So power to the pod, just delay today. But with the Bills kind of locking us in and guaranteeing, hey, number three pick is on the table and at stake for the Miami Dolphins, thought it was important for us to kind of go over some of those hypotheticals. And I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. I know I'm looking forward to some off-season talk as much as I enjoy the in-season talk. Uh, It's a different kind of fun. 
that you don't have the highs and the victories of Victory Monday. But nevertheless, it kind of gets your Bob the Builder hat on, where you start asking yourself, you know, how do you construct the team? And that's one of my greatest passions is director scouting at the Draft Network and having worked in the NFL draft industry for several years. So hit subscribe. We're going to have a great offseason. Uh, we have one more week of the regular season, and I'm hoping we have at least one more game after that to be played. Dolphins win. They will be the five seed. And if the Dolphins win, they will probably be playing uh, the Tennessee Titans. They'll play the AFC South winner if they're the five seed, either the Colts or Titans. And if you had to ask me who you would bet most like to draw in the playoffs, those two teams would be at the top of the list. It's exciting times, Dolphins fans, so fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs, and I'll talk to you all tomorrow for an unorthodox Wednesday edition of Locked On Dolphins.